This is Jeff Wagner. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special on WTMJ. This is one of my favorite times of the year. It's an opportunity to talk to you on Christmas Day and share Christmas memories. This year we'll be talking to family members of mine. We'll also be talking to some of my teammates here at WTMJ about what made Christmas so special for them. This is actually a very, very special Christmas for me. It's really the the first Christmas that my wife Fran and I have spent in our new house. First time in a number of years that I have a Christmas tree up. Christmas Eve, I get to spend with my extended family. I get to be a grandfather for the first time in a long time. And I get to enjoy all these people who've been so important to me over the course of this last year. Christmas Day at the Wagner household is also a lot of fun as well. What we do as a way of celebrating Christmas is we invite a number of our friends, particularly some friends who, all right, maybe they don't have other places to go. They all come over and we have just an absolutely tremendous time. Christmas is a very, very special time for me. This year in particular is very special and I am glad to be able to share part of my Christmas Day with you. When we come back, We're going to talk to some very special guests. Stick around. This is the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's see who's stopping by the show. Oh, it is one of our regular guests, somebody that you hear about. During the course of the year, I always figure around Christmas time, we have to give him an opportunity to speak for himself. My significantly younger and extremely successful brother, Scott Wagner, joins us once again. Scotty, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and I'm just clarifying, this does count as community service, right? <laughs> it does. It does. Welcome. Let's let's talk a little bit about Christmas growing up. I mean, you and I grew up together, Glendale, Wisconsin, Um number of different Christmas memories, and we, we've discussed this before, but Christmas transit. Tra- Christmas traditions. My, our mom used to make this this stuffed ham that you just used to love. Yes, it was it was a labor of love. It was stuffed with kale and something spicy. And the the best part of the stuffed ham was the story about how long it took to make. Right, mom always let us know that it was going to be a several day project and. I think it was a labor of love, but she let us know how hard it was to make it. We could taste the guilt in every bite, but it was (laughs) was delicious. Well, the interesting thing is, and and this is what happens sometimes when these traditions just disappear, even though we kind of had the recipe, we've never been able to recreate it, partly because of how hard it is to make it. Yeah, I'm I'm traditionally very lazy, and it includes it the holiday season. I, I did look up the recipe for it and then thought about it, and then I found a place where I could order it online, but even that seemed to be too much effort. Right. So I'm just remembering it fondly every year. The thing I always remember, too, is our grandmother used to make the, these really, really super thin sugar cookies that I just absolutely loved, and mom would, would make them for a while. But again, I was always told how much trouble these, these things were. And it, there was something – I've never had sugar cookies like that uh, ever since because they were really, really thin, but that was always the thing that I used to like. And then they'd set them out on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and all the rest of you would eat them. And I'm like, that, that's my – those are my sugar cookies. What are you doing? Well, I always stressed to mom how much effort those cookies were, and she would really be better – you know, her efforts would be better spend on the ham, and that that was really pretty selfish of you to put her through that. I, I see. All right. Well, we always use this, this as an opportunity to talk about you know some of the things going on over the past year. Um, my niece, my goddaughter, your, your daughter, Sydney, 
Uh, second year, she's she's back at San Diego State University. She's a sophomore. She's killing it. She's do, doing great. Had a 4.0 last semester. We'll see this semester. Sounds like everything is great. I, I couldn't be more proud of her. She went out there essentially on her own. You, I have some friends out there uh, who I introduced her to, of course, and, and she's got a safety net. But she's just flourishing. I, I couldn't be more proud. She was the only... Wisconsin student in a freshman class of 8,000, which is pretty amazing. Well, it's also amazing to me that there wouldn't be one other Wisconsin student who would say, huh, (laughs) San Diego State, that might be a pretty cool place to to go hang out. And it's not ridiculously expensive on the the scheme of things. All college is expensive. Uh, And this summer, she announced via text that she was going to go volunteer in Thailand for three weeks. Volunteer in Thailand. Yes. I said that really wasn't a text conversation. We should probably talk about it on the phone. But, uh, uh, yeah, she's going to go do some volunteer work in Thailand. So I couldn't be more proud of her. And and she's just a a wonderful young lady studying international business now, right? Which she assures me is not human trafficking or gun running. But other than that, (laughs) we have not been that specific. But, yes. (laughs) That's it. And, of course, my nephew, your your son, Alex, is, is just an interesting young man. There's no two ways about it. Alex will be extremely successful at uh, whatever he chooses to do. We're just hoping he chooses good over evil. <laughs> and the jury's out. <laughs> the, the, the jury is absolute. But just just a, a wonderful young man. Can can we tell the story about his Christmas haircut? We can. Uh, uh, somehow the mistake was made that he and I went to get a haircut together. And for me, uh, there's really not much hair up there. It's just a matter of setting the clipper to zero and going crazy. And it doesn't take very long. But I got distracted as we went into the uh, sports clips. I don't know if I can give their name or not. Sure. Or activity clips, just to keep it generic. Uh, and I said, Alex will have his usual. Uh, and by the time I was done, I came back and he essentially had a mohawk. And when I looked... <laughs> okay, so, where were you while... I'm just curious. Where were you while this is I going? I was getting, getting my hair done. It was, I wasn't like right next to him. Okay. So you're getting like the hot towel thing and right, all that stuff. Right. Or the so shoulder you're, massage. You're right. relaxing. You're, you're leaving your 11-year-old nephew, uh, my 11-year-old nephew alone. I said to the, you know, to the stylist, I said, just give him the usual, which was not Mohawk, by the way. Uh, and I came back and saw it, and he immediately looks at me, and the first words out of his mouth are, you're screwed, because <laughs> I now had to bring him home with the Mohawk. <laughs> A Mohawk. Well, it's, you know, it's not like, it's not starched up, but it, it's, it's, it looks like me on the side and then hair on the top. So, Well, we are definitely getting, it, it, we, I mean, that's a, have the Christmas card photos been taken yet? They have not, but if you can picture Bert from Sesame Street with attitude, it looks a little <laughs> bit like that. <laughs> that's it. All right. Now we have to talk about your big acquisition this year. Your big acquisition this year. Maybe you discussed in jest last year that you were thinking of getting this. You finally pulled the plug. For some people, their midlife crisis is, I I don't know, they decide that they're going to buy a $100,000 sports car. That wasn't your midlife crisis, Scotty. No, my daughter and I had an ongoing discussion. Uh, She had wanted a tattoo for a long time and and wanted me to get one first, figuring that would take a lot of the heat off of her. Uh, And I was a little too slow, and she actually got one uh, for her Aunt Sue, your late wife, uh, on her ankle. Now, and then she was mocking me for not having a tattoo since I didn't follow through. Now, let me just tell you that her tattoo is essentially a stencil on her ankle, which caused her to throw up afterwards. So now I didn't know any of that at the time, but she was goading me and goading me. So finally, I decided for my birthday present to myself, I was going to get my tattoo. Um, And I went down to – after doing thorough research on this, uh, I went down and – as to where you're going to get the tattoo yes. as opposed to the first guy you find on the street. Correct. Well, All I right. made sure they use clean needles, which is a joke that they do not find funny in the tattoo <laughs> part. Let me just tell you. Uh, it's like joking about bombs at security. And 
Uh, so we sort of sketched it out. It was going to be, you know, Jimmy Buffett themed. It's, it's actually a Mexican cutie. So like the song Margaritaville, if someone asks how I got it, I'll say how it got here. I haven't a clue. Uh, and he then advised me it's somewhere between three and five hours, which I thought was a fairly big range. Um, but I said, OK, I was going to go through with it. And that was before I knew Sydney's only took five minutes. And when we finally came back to have it done, um, the, the Mexican cutie that he had envisioned had a lot of cleavage a very short skirt, and garter belts. <laughs> and I, I explained to him that that probably was not going to work for me. So he had to detart it up a little bit. But I, I, I do have my Mexican cutie now on my uh, left calf. And it, it's not... It's not a tiny tattoo. This is not some little thing. This It's a big honking thing that takes up a good chunk of your leg. But it's tasteful. Now, the real problem is uh, <laughs> the leg hair issue, which uh, I, I'm a little bit like Sasquatch. So I have, I, when summer comes, I'm going to have to make a decision on what to do here. Either she's going to be the bearded Mexican cutie uh, or I've got a whole lot more male maintenance than I was planning on having. Okay. One of the things I love about this story, though, is – and I didn't realize this. I, I know – that we have listeners all over, all over multi-states, and we have all sorts of people. I did not realize I was big in tattoo parlors. You're huge. The manager of the tattoo parlor was so excited when he finally figured out I was your brother. He goes, well, do you know Jeff Wagner? And I, my immediate reaction is, no, I've never heard of him, <laughs> uh, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, he, was, he was very excited, and they all knew you and liked you. And again, I, I know your appeal is universal. That's clear. Uh, but it was not where on 50th and Howard when I was getting my tattoo, I was not expecting it to be a, a haven of Jeff Wagner support. But it was funny because it was during one of the Brewers playoff games and I, I was now a celebrity. They were coming back and checking on me and bringing me water and making sure everything was OK. And uh, the, the the funniest part of the story was um, I- about an hour and a half in, he says, are you OK? I said, yeah. He goes, well, most first timers tap out by now. <laughs> And I said, and come back. He said, well, no, I'm not coming back. But I told him I'd been used to suffering in silence for a while. So I was, uh, <laughs> at, which, at which point he started laughing with the needles. I was a little bit nervous. So the bottom line is if I decide I want to join you and, and get a tattoo and, and for my lovely wife, Fran, don't worry. That, that is not going to happen. But we, we know the place to go, huh? I got a guy. You got a guy? I'm working on number two, too. After 54 years of not having any, I'm trying to – I'm, I'm working on the next one. You and you and my niece, right? It's going to be like a father-daughter thing? The, the Celtic knot of father-daughter bonding, and mine will be uh, a tropical with a palm tree in the middle. Well, see, this is why people tune into our Christmas special. They want to hear about what's going on over the course of the year. Some people talk about, like, business successes. Some people talk about personal achievements. The Wagner family talks about tattoos. Well, it's like they say, bad decisions make for good stories. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Scotty. Merry Christmas. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Holiday Special. We have a tradition on the show that typically I will give you an opportunity to hear some of the people behind the scenes at WTMJ. And over the years, we've given an opportunity to all my former producers to be on the Christmas special. Well, no former producers this year, but my current producer. I refer to him as Gru, but he's also known as Kyle Pachinski. Kyle, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, tell everybody, where are you from? So I was born in Appleton, but within you know the first year, my family moved to Wausau. So I was born in Appleton, raised in Wausau, lived there until um, around twenty-two years old. Okay, and, and so you're a you're a Steve you're a pointer, right? Yeah, I went to well, I started at UWMC, uh, UW of Marathon County, which is now part of UW Stevens Point. Got my associate's degree there. And then transferred over to Stevens Point, where I got my bachelor's degree. And you have been at WTMJ for how long? 
just over a year and a half, pretty much about a month after graduation, I moved to Milwaukee and got a job here. And you have been the producer of my afternoon show pretty much for that entire time. Pretty much, yeah. I did about a month or two of like overnight stuff, did some Brewers broadcasts as well, but then... They decided to punish you by taking you off of overnights and sticking you with me. Swan dive right into the deep end, that's <laughs> there, right. There you go. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Christmas growing up in, in Wausau. Sure. Uh, well, uh, primarily what my family was very religious um, for the first uh, probably 16 to 17 years of my life. Uh, started Catholic, then we went sort of evolved into, I guess, more of a non-denominational Christian. Um, and uh, so we were very focused on that for much of my upbringing. But we didn't really have that many traditions in terms of the religion that we held. And a lot of the stuff that we would do we watched a lot of movies together. Right. Uh, we would always watch Scrooged uh, at some point during the week. The Bill Murray thing, sure. Yep. And then we would also watch uh, The Family Man, if you've ever seen it, uh, Nicolas Cage. Okay. Um, it's – anyway. And then uh, Christmas Eve, we always watch uh, – this is the one thing that's still stood the test of time. We will always – Watch the 7 p.m. broadcast of A Christmas Story. Okay, That's, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, oh, yeah. My dad and I, uh, my whole family really just quotes that movie all the time. Is there is there a special meal that, that's made around Christmas time? Does your mom make the same thing every year or something? I think we probably did for a while. I remember uh, different, every so often doing different years of ham and turkey and things like that, but never really stuck to anything. Right. But now we... Don't abide by any rules. We'll do we'll do uh, shrimp and steaks and things that you know you wouldn't really uh, associate with Christmas, but we just kind of revel in that, I guess, doing something different every year. So. Okay, so we 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 refer to your significant other. I mean, I call her Mrs. Gru, but you. I know her, and just like me, I'm the first to acknowledge that when it comes to affairs of the heart, I have outkicked my coverage a couple times in my life. And sure. no disrespect, but you, you have outkicked your coverage that's as well very with true. regard to that. So how are the two of you going to be spending this Christmas? So Kaylee and I, um, that's her name, Kaylee, uh, we are going to be spending much of it with her side of the family, during, right. especially during the Christmas days, Christmas Eve and Christmas. The weekend before, we're going to be with my side of the family, which is primarily in Green Bay that sort of area. So we'll go there for maybe a day, and then uh, we'll go back to Wausau for a day, and then we'll come back and then do it all with her side of the family. Looking forward to it. Now, over the holidays, I be, because the the folks that we both work for are, are kind enough over the year to give me a whole bunch of vacation, I, I take time off during the holidays. I try to save it and then take a couple weeks off. Right. Now, I assume just because I'm not here, that doesn't mean that, that you don't have to be here. Uh, no, well, I'll, I'll be here. Uh, I won't be here on Christmas Day, I don't believe. Um, but for the rest of the week and, and leading up to New Year's, I'm here and I'm right in the ship, uh, I guess. Uh, or at least my hands are on the wheel. So Could we'll see not. what happens. Well, I, I, I tease you occasionally on the air from time to time. But the, the truth of the matter is I have been very, very fortunate in all my time at WTMJ to have had outstanding producers because I, I always tell people that the producers are the gatekeepers. And you know, you're the one that controls who gets on the air and makes sure that I, or at least to the best you can of your abilities, keeps me on track. Because I recognize that sometimes the, I decide to like kind of run the train on my own. But mm-hmm. um Anybody who is successful doing what I do for a living 
has to depend on having a very, very good producer, and you certainly fit that category. And on a daily basis, I appreciate your efforts, and I'm glad you could spend some time with me today, and I want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas, Kyle. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. The feeling is very mutual. It's been, uh, at first, it was a little bit of driving a Jeep in the jungle, just <laughs> bouncing around and a uh, very bumpy ride, but it's uh, we've studied the course. Uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, getting to work with you and um, help run the show. So. Are you referring to my radio show as a Jeep in the jungle? Is that what I, is that what I just got out of well, it? Well, that was, that was how, how my experience went for the first maybe month where I'm like, what on earth am I doing? What have I gotten myself involved in? Uh, but it's, it's going a lot better now, and I'm enjoying my time a lot easier. Very good. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Back with more in just a minute. This is the Jeff Wagner Christmas special on WTMJ. <laughs> Jeep in the jungle. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special. Let's see who's dropping around the household today to talk to on Christmas. Well, it's none other than Wisconsin's Afternoon News' own Melissa Barkley. Hello, Merry Jeff. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me over to your house. Absolutely. <laughs> well, here, we'll get the eggnog. We'll turn on the tree, all Love those it. different types of things. Hey, let's talk about um, the holidays growing up um, in the Barkley family. Well, the Barclay family, that actually, a lot of people may not know, but that's my married name. So, but uh, the family that I grew up in, a little unconventional. So, um, you know, religious background was a little different. So I didn't celebrate Christmas growing up. But as an adult, I have well made up for that. <laughs> well, let me add that. That's, yeah. that's very interesting. It you, is. Because we, we, when we talk about Christmas a lot, one of the discussions is people say, well, you need to be inclusive. And if, if for example, you recognize Christmas in school, schools or in other settings, the kids who don't celebrate Christmas end up feeling left out. Was, was it a hard time for you growing up? You know, it really wasn't. Strangely enough, Jeff, I was never, you know, I was never bullied. I was never looked at differently. I think my personality was pretty big. So I just, I got along with everyone, but it was a very different, you know, growing up, not celebrating Christmas. It was more of a Seventh-day Adventist uh, background and a little bit of Jewish mixed in there. So it was just very different. And it just was, just was my life, you know. Did your parents, I mean, sit down and talk to you about the the traditions involving like Santa and things like that and explain to you why Santa's not visiting your household, for example. Right, right. And it's funny because, um, you know, we wouldn't, but my grandma would, and she would still give us gifts, even though we didn't call them Christmas gifts. Still that time of year, it was important for my grandparents to still give us presents. So well, <laughs> we got them, but they weren't necessarily wrapped. <laughs> right. It, well, well, exactly. All right. So at what point in time do you remember starting to, to celebrate Christmas as Christmas? Well, it was interesting because when I was, I think, probably around 18, I had a boyfriend and we were putting up um, a Christmas tree. And I remember just thinking to myself, wow, I guess I've never, I've never really done this before. And I didn't, I mean, some strange memories was how do I put the ornaments with the hooks and stuff? I, I didn't have any knowledge of that. So it was, it was like a whole learning experience, Jeff. It was very different. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but fun, I would assume. It was very fun. And I think I've maybe overcompensated a lit, a little bit as an adult. I love stockings. I love, I love buying things for people and just letting them know that, that I care. I'm a big giver. So. Well, that's uh, that. I mean, that's of course you know one. Of, that's one of the things that of course gets lost in the 
all the hubbub of the holiday thing, the, the real meaning. And I think you're right. It's, it's, I am at a point in my life where I'm almost impossible to buy for because the truth is I have everything yeah. <laughs> that, I, that I need mm-hmm. materially. And if there's something that comes out and I want, I'm going to go get it You know, during the course of the year. So I'm very, very difficult to buy for. And that's why, interestingly, I have a lot more fun getting things to, to give, to, to, give people. to people. I love that. And I think another thing, Jeff, that people can always use are consumable gifts. I'm big on making cookies and giving cookies or candies or something homemade. That's so, always special. So I, I didn't realize that you're like a baker and a, and a cook and things like that. I do a little bit of that on the side. I do like I actually gave um, a couple of girlfriends in the newsroom cookies already for Christmas, but outstanding. you're on that list. Jeff. Oh, well, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> well, that's nice to know. I'm, I'm on the uh, on, on the nice list. Well, okay. Tell me a little bit about how you're going to be be spending the, the holiday weekends. What are you going to be doing on Christmas Day? And sure. How's that? So for Christmas, I almost always travel. And I know a lot of people travel as well. So I grew up in Iowa. So I will be traveling back to see my parents. And I have three brothers. And I have three nephews and a niece. So it'll be a lot about the kids. But as um, having three brothers, they always want me to bring back beer from Wisconsin. So oh, I spotted, tend to bring back... So you're making spotted cow runs, huh? <laughs> I do the spotted cow run... And and I go to the grocery store and I get just cases and cases of spotted cow. I fill up the cart and I, I always have to explain myself. This is not all for me. <laughs> These are Christmas gifts. So but, You know, it's interesting how times have changed because back when I was in college, it was the, it was the time of like the movie Smokey and the Bandit coming out. And if you remember, the premise is they don't sell Coors beer east of the Mississippi yes. River. And the premise of that movie is they're, they're making you know a Coors run and then to bring it back. And, and that was true as well then. It was the flip side of that. So I went to college west of the Mississippi. And whenever I would come back here, people would want me to bring cases and cases <laughs> and cases of Coors beer, which I never quite got. I mean, Coors beer is fine, but I never quite understood, you know, the the, the the whole idea behind it. But I would bring back cases and cases. So I know what you're talking and about. And it's funny because I asked my brothers, like, you really like, I mean, Spotted Cow is great, but it's so available here. You don't quite understand how special it is right. um, outside the borders of Wisconsin. How are you finding WTMJ? Because you're a relatively new addition here. I mean, you've been here for a little while, but yeah. you enjoying the job? I am. I'm enjoying the job a lot. Um, my favorite part, I think, is when we do the holiday show um, in November. I think it's so special when we get to actually talk to the listeners face-to-face. Um, and just hearing them say, you're like family to us. We hear you every day. I think as a broadcaster, you forget the impact that you have on people and you forget that you know your words matter and people listen to you. and they like to be able to meet you and see what you look like so they can have a different image in their head. I, a lot of times I get people saying, oh, I thought you were blonde or, oh, I thought you were taller. So it's interesting when they see me where I'm short and I'm a brunette. So <laughs> I, I will have people come up to me and say things like, gee, you sound fatter on the radio. No, people say that? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, well, oh, at no. least there was one lady who did. And I said, well, thank you, I, I think. But, you know, you, you raised an interesting point. It's one of the things I love about radio. I, I mean, I did television as well for about six and a half years on a daily basis. And so people to this day still recognize me from television, but they know you from radio. Isn't that interesting? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're so kind. They, radio is such a one-on-one medium. People invite us into their their homes and their kitchens, and we're talking to them in their cars and things. And for, I think, certainly you and me, 
we're, we're authentic. I mean, we tell stories about our life and they get to they get to know us. And those are the relatable things that people really connect you with and connect me with. Um, and I think one of the when I first started out in broadcasting, one of the things that I think was probably the hardest thing to do was um, connecting with that one person that you are talking to. They always would tell me, talk to one person. I'm like, but there's thousands. Well, pick one person and talk to that person like they're your best friend. Melissa, I, I tell you this off the air all the time. Give me an opportunity to say it publicly. I, I think you've been just an attractive tremendous addition to WTMJ. It is great to have you as a teammate, a colleague, and to get a chance to work with you um, pretty much every day. And I just, um, very, very Merry Christmas. And I, I appreciate you taking some time and stopping by the Christmas special this year. Well, I love being with you, Jeff, and talking to you on the air. And thank you very much. And Merry Christmas to you, Jeff. That's Melissa Barkley from Wisconsin's Afternoon News, back with more of the Christmas special in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to WTMJ. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special. Want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. One of the things that's always fun with the Christmas Special on Christmas morning is we get to see who's going to drop in and say hi. Right now, we're joined by one of my very favorite people, a colleague. She is a radio legend. You hear her on Wisconsin's Morning News five days a week, every weekday. Jane Matinere. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jeff. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for stopping by the Jeff Wagner Holiday Show. Thank you for the invitation. I wouldn't have come if there wasn't booze. <laughs> and cookies, right? Like that too. All right. One of the things I love when I get a chance to talk to some of my friends and colleagues is to Take a walk back memory lane, go back to like the the ghost of Christmas past and, and talk about Christmases growing up. So what was it like growing up, Jane, around Christmas time? Well, mine was probably a little bit unique, Jeff, because my father was a mortician and we grew up upstairs. So all of the chapels for the funeral home were on the main level and then our living space was on the second floor. Right. So I, as the youngest of six. Okay, let me just stop you there. The bodies, were they in the basement? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We had an right. elevator that would move the caskets from the basement up to the main floor. Okay. And, oh, the stories I could tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to veer off real quickly, the one thing that always really confused me as a child, because we would walk past people as they were, you know, the local beautician would come in and, right. and be taking care of the deceased's hair, which always made sense to me because you're going to have that hairstyle for a long time and you want it to look nice. <laughs> but then she would bring out the hairspray. Pshh. <laughs> And I was always confused because I thought, is wind going to be a big issue in your future? <laughs> Unless we're driving you to the cemetery in a convertible <laughs> with the top down and your lid up. I never understood the need for all the final ad, but I digress. So <laughs> let's yes. talk about Christmas, Christmas in the funeral home. Christmas in the funeral home. I was the youngest of six. Mom and dad wanted to get some things done on the second floor before we went to midnight mass. They're right. wrapping presents and getting food ready for when we get back from church. So my older siblings decided that every Christmas Eve, we would put on a play for our parents. Okay. So starting at about one o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Eve, we would all go down into the funeral home, and then they would start handing out our parts and and directing us, and then we would practice for a while and then go back up and get something to eat, and eventually we would come back downstairs and put on this play for our parents. In the funeral home. In the funeral home. And we did that for many, many years. The first one I can remember, I had a very small part. I wasn't revealed until the very end, but I was baby Jesus, <laughs> and I got a tinsel crown. So um, I was hooked with acting at that point. We're... 
were these religious-themed or Christmas-themed plays or just all over the map? They were kind of all over the map. It was depend- We had this big book of Christmas stories that my sisters used to pull from. They were the two oldest, and they were the ones who were the producer and the director, uh, respectively. So there was one involved where at the end of it, my brother and sister and I had to do handstands and we had oranges and apples falling out of our pajamas. <laughs> and then one year in the 60s, they wrote, rewrote Twas the Night Before Christmas uh, to be like hippie oh. style. So it was Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the pad. Not a creature was stirring, not even cool dad. <laughs> you remember this like it was yesterday. I do. But the, there are just some things that stick with you. So... As the youngest, eventually all of my older brothers and sisters moved away, and then it became just me. Oh, so it was like a, a Jane Matinair one-person show, oh, one-woman yeah. show. I wasn't going to let this tradition die. Are you <laughs> kidding me? This was my big chance. So I would put on puppet shows, and I'd do all kinds of different things, and not for an hour or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a big family tradition, and I think kind of set me on my path as a as a theater, you know, as an actor, which I've done since I was a kid and all through high school and into college and even into my adult years and uh, eventually kind of turned me into radio. For people who who have not attended our holiday radio show, every year you are the star. Oh. I mean, you 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 just, you know, you rewrite some of your lines and, you know, you just you have this way. Everybody says, "My gosh, you know, everybody is good, but that Jane Matinair, she's really something special." I'm just such a ham, Jeff. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. And, okay, another story going back a really long time which I also think led to my radio career. I was about three or four, and we're at Mass. And, you know, all six of us are in the line in the pew with Mom, and my dad is an usher. And it was a special Mass where at one segment, the priest says, let us stand, and everybody stands. Then he says, let us sit, everybody sits, let us kneel, everybody kneels. And we go through this, and I say to my mother really loudly, why doesn't he make up his mind? (laughs) And it's bouncing off the church walls, and the whole congregation burst into laughter. (laughs) And I thought, I need to figure out how to do this again. (laughs) That's right. We want to make the whole congregation laugh. I just want to make people laugh. But uh, that that was kind of my my first performance. Do you have—now, we understand Christmas is about more than just getting gifts or giving gifts. Is there a particular gift that sticks out from when you were a kid? I got a Snoopy soap dish. (laughs) Okay. It was an Avon Snoopy soap dish. And that's it was just a floating plastic soap dish that probably cost $4, and I loved that more than just about anything, next to my Mrs. Beasley doll. Oh, right. But going back to Family Affair, yeah, the old family TV affair, show, right? Exactly. I still have her. You still have your Mrs. Beasley? I do. You know, isn't it amazing how sometimes it's it's the little things? I, I, I just, I can remember when my niece and nephew were, were little, we would buy them seven, eight, nine gifts, and... and and it was almost overwhelming. They'd sit there and they'd just be tearing through one after another. And they're 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 not ungrateful kids or anything. But it was just like th- this. Oh, we got to open up oh, the next yeah. one. Open up the next one. And I kept saying, you know, I'd rather put a thousand dollars into their Christmas accounts or their college accounts and give them a box to play with because they have just <laughs> as much fun playing with the box or the soap dish or whatever. Right. Again, it's not always the the monetary value of something that makes it valuable as the recipient. It's it's more about the thought and the heart behind it. Okay. So let's flash forward. Ghost of Christmas Press. How does Jane Matinair spend Christmas? Uh, My husband and I get up on Christmas morning. He starts a fire. I sleep late, (laughs) which will be about 9.30-ish. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, now, because typically you're up around 3 in the morning or something, right? I get up at 3. 
But it's remarkable. Right now, I have no problem sleeping in. You know, as soon as I retire or lose my job, <laughs> I will be awake at 3 o'clock in the morning for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's it. So, okay, you get to sleep until 9.30 and just spend the day at home? No, we uh, we have a little breakfast. We have some mimosas. We do our gift exchange. And then usually by about 1 o'clock, we head over to one of my sisters and uh, spend the day with uh, some family. Outstanding. Jane, I want to thank you for being with me on my Christmas specials. As I think everybody knows who's heard us interact, you are one of the real one of the real good people in radio, a legend. I'm just so delighted that you came over to WTMJ. So we've gotten to be friends over the last few years because I just adore you. And I want to wish you and your husband and your family a very Merry Christmas. So mutual. Thank you so much, Jeff. We'll be back with more of the Jeff Wagner Christmas special in just a moment. You're listening to WTMJ. Welcome back. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to the Jeff Wagner 2018 Christmas Special on WTMJ. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests, guy who makes it all happen behind the scenes, my producer Kyle. We heard from Jane Matinair. We heard from Melissa Barkley. And a regular on the Christmas specials, my brother Scott. I want to take a minute and talk to you about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. Obviously, we talk a lot about Christmas presents, and we talk about the things that we remember getting over the years, and we talk about the special foods that maybe our loved ones prepare. But let's not lose sight of the whole concept, though, of the Christmas spirit. Christmas is about giving. That, of course, is one of the things that has informed our Kids to Kids Christmas campaign for the last, well, 13 years here at WTMJ. And I have always been blown away, absolutely amazed at the generosity of WTMJ listeners, not only at Christmas time, but all throughout the rest of the year. And we've seen that over and over again. I've always appreciated the opportunity that you have given me to come into your home, into your car, into wherever you are, and, and talk to you about things that are important to me and hopefully that are important to you. I, I've always enjoyed this, and I always like to say a very special thank you. As I said at the start of the show, this is a very, very special Christmas for me. This is the really the, the first Christmas that my wife Fran and I have, have had an opportunity to spend in, in our new house. Christmas Eve, we had an opportunity to get together with my my extended family and Fran's family, just an absolutely wonderful time. And I, I certainly have more than a few opportunities to count my blessings with all the people that are in my life. Christmas Day is another one of these occasions where we're going to be in a position of having people come over later today and share the holiday with us. I want to thank you for allowing me to be part of your holiday as well. I also want to thank you for not only listening today, but listening to the program five days a week, 52 weeks a year. And I've always been amazed at the generosity of WTMJ listeners, the caring of WTMJ listeners, the intensity of WTMJ listeners when it comes to things in the community. It has been my distinct honor and my distinct pleasure to talk to you about things that are important to you and important to me and things that affect our community. So thank you for the opportunity to do that. I hope we have the opportunity to chat together for a number of years moving forward. Again, as we move forward, I want to thank you for listening to the program. I used to end the program by saying this on a daily basis. I don't do that all the time, but I think it's certainly appropriate this Christmas Day. When it comes to your radio listening, I know you've got a lot of different choices, and I really do appreciate you spending the last hour 
and appreciate you spending the last 20 years with me. Have a very Merry Christmas. Have an extremely happy new year, and I'll talk to you in 2019. This is Jeff Wagner. Merry Christmas to all.